0: This is the Vision Driven Mom Podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman, for moms by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood from fear, loss, and heartbreak to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime. So let's enjoy the ride together. Welcome to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. I'm your host Tracy Nolan Bierman, and today we have White Dove Gannon, and she is a uh, she's an entre- entrepreneurial mom of five who has built multiple businesses. So, welcome, White Dove. It's good to have you. Thank you so much, Tracy. I look forward to our time together. Yes, me too. Me too. Let's. The show is all about possibility. Okay. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Tell us about a time where you felt that where you either achieved something or you overcame something that felt impossible in motherhood.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sum that up with being the impossible of wondering what it was I was supposed to be doing after the multiple ventures that I created that had success, you know, they weren't not successful. I didn't leave them or fail them, but really determining the, it felt impossible to figure out what I was supposed to be doing after going through testing out so many different opportunities in the entrepreneurial space and realizing that wasn't where I was supposed to be. So really, really, and this is going to sound simplistic, letting go of what my very, very active intellect can create. And I love to be a creative and diving into what is good and what is right, and what is proper for me to then build from there. Mm, that's perfect.
0: Letting go is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing and, a be- and, and that it is possible. Sometimes it feels like it's, it's all we have to do is, you know, just let it go, you know, just let it go. So, and I right. love that so that you could, you know, what is, what is possible and that that can come forth. And mm-hmm. I truly believe that we had to, we have to, when we're making changes, we have to let something go in order to fill it with something, with, with what we want. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that's what
1: you did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I like to, I like to give a little bit of a, a visual with that part of what it is, is that when, when I would create business, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs after helping having helped hundreds of entrepreneurs, you know, figure out what that is for themselves, or at least start down the path, you know, figure out what, identify what the path is that they're seeking. In doing that, so often we get caught in building a solution, building a business that provides a solution based on what's broken that we know, you know, we can, we see what's broken and, and we're taught in, in this, the Especially in the knowledge-based space, especially in how we can, as entrepreneurs and creatives, that we can go Google solutions, Google, you know, Google uh, uh, some some sort of validation for what it is that we're trying to build. But we build it with our eyes set on what is broken. And, what, and we create a solution based on that. So it's almost as if it's a journey and you're walking backwards down the, down the path from the mountain itself and you're watching the mountain, but your back is towards where you're going. And so instead of doing it that way, you can start it that way, but you need to flip it around and look forward, not knowing where the next hill to climb, not knowing if there's going to be a river to cross, not knowing what's up ahead, but trusting the process to move that direction. And allowing that to come to you instead of constantly going forward with our, with, you know, walking backwards almost to build the solution for something that's broken. We need to turn around and say, I'm going to build something that isn't just for what's broken, but is also available for what's possible. Why, Dove? you are speaking my language here. (laughs) I teach visioning
0: (laughs) and I teach, I teach uh, visioning, creating a vision that's three years out Mm-hmm. And that you are looking back. You're not, it's not the step-by-step-by-step. By step by step, it's the looking back. Actually, I, 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 um, I like to, to use the woman that I'm becoming or the woman that I have become three years from today. I used to, I like to use her as my inner mentor. And that's what I teach, that what would she tell you to do? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and reverse engineer, like you said, rather than going forward. And this is, you're talking about business, but this is in all areas of life. Group. What do you want rather than, and I think that's why a lot of us end up stuck is because we're, tra- okay, so then I take this step and then I take this step and it's the logical, but it's the, the visioning is more of, it's the heart where you're letting your heart lead you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a, that's a beautiful, you know, it's starting with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. That, that is, that's exactly, that is right up my alley. And that's what I truly believe it. And it wasn't until I started living my life in that way that my life began to change. I will tell you, I spent 20 years in therapy looking back and which it was all good, right? I learned lots during all of those years, but I was going back mm-hmm. in time and I wasn't moving forward and it wasn't until I created a vision and moved forward that life began to change and I I talk about the lightning bolts start to you know you don't get the lightning bolts before you start moving. The lightning Mm -hmm. bolts come after you start taking the steps it's all it's it's an interesting process it doesn't make logical sense. Um, But that's not what that's not what this human uh, life is about. It's not logical, or this, this spiritual being in a human form. It's not logical, you know, it's, it's more it's heart based.
1: And we try so hard to make it logical. Yes, we do. We do.
0: It's got everything has to have a reason and it has to be logical, but it doesn't. And you're a beautiful example of that. So tell us a little about your backstory and how you got to be where you are today. And tell us about your business.
1: So five businesses at this point, all ranging in different areas. Uh, We had a construction business, my husband and I, since the late 90s. For 13 years, we had a construction business in a very specialized niche um field which was widely unheard of because we were, you know, placing utilities. We were doing utilities. So we had not much competition in, in the area. It was very, very lucrative. We were multi-seven figures with that business. And then my creativity kicked in, of course, entrepreneurial, we could, you know, I saw we were creating what we wanted to create and we were, you know, affording the lifestyle we want. We weren't flagrant by any means, but we were, we were, we did well for our 20s. And then started building a family and I decided that I wanted to create my own little business. So I built a retail. I didn't build. I created a retail kids consignment clothing store, kind of like there's several different. I don't want to name them, but there's several different ones out there where you could take the clothes in, consign them, or they buy them from you. You know, I did both. Both models inside of that business had a lot of fun with it. Um, got to meet some really great moms, and this was really prior to Facebook, social media, all of the options that are out there. It was in the early 2000s, so. It was- It was was really kind of fun to take my kids, see other moms with kids, you know, get to network with them for a moment while they browse the store and we looked at their clothes. And, you know, and so it was fun. It was really fun, but moved out of the area and had to shut the store down after about a year. Uh, I I didn't do that one for any measurable success. That was really just more of a hobby of mine. I would say not the cheapest hobby, Um, but. I didn't. I didn't ever build it to not follow through with that one. I, I did, but but circumstances, big, big business changes. Uh, we decided to move out of the area that we were in, so shut that little business down, and then uh, we moved to Kansas a few years later. And again, being living off of the 160 acres in rural Kansas, southeast Kansas, I just thought, okay, we've got a barn, we've got fields, we've got grass that needs to be eaten you know, let's, let's give it a go. Never farmed in my life. I'd only, you know, owned cats and dogs. And my family, when I was growing up, had a couple of goats once, you know, and so of course that was the closest I come to livestock in general. Um, By the end of that five years, we were a wholesale retailer for all of the proteins. We did not raise vegetables. We raised animals Beyond organic and absolutely humanely, the most humane possibility, and they got to live like their species enjoyed living. So the chickens were truly free range. We had an option for that. We had the meat birds. They were out on pasture. We had had an option for them there. The hogs were in a timberline. We had an option that rotated them through that timberline. They got to root and they got to, you know, eat berries and shrubs and whatever. They got to live very naturally. The steers grazed behind, you know, making sure that the big areas were uh, eaten down. And then, of course, the goats just love to cause us havoc all the time uh, and be goats, They truly are. Uh, I love their personalities though. And then we had our dairy cows. We had three jerseys. And so in five years, going from having never raised any animals, I didn't let that hold me back. I really decided that I was going to do this. And so it was a progression that we started with goats and then we added chickens and then we added uh, one milk cow. And then we, you know, we grew in progression. It was not just this overnight expansion to here's this big, huge farm, but that was a very, very interesting time frame as far as what was learned and what I started learning about myself. Mm-hmm. At the end of that five years, it was time to come back. There were circumstances that were beyond our control with the land. And so we made the decision to come back to Colorado. Most of our animals were seasonal for process, for retail. So we, I sold my, my Jersey livestock and my dairy goats and my layer hens, I had 150 layer hens, sold them, you know, in in small increments to hobby farms, you know, small farms that were going to give them a good life, you know, I wanted them to have a good life, the rest were already scheduled out, they were, the the steers were for processing, the hogs were for processing, the turkeys were for Thanksgiving, you know, all of those things were, were intended to be processed out, so we fulfilled the obligation with all of those, and Closed that business down and came back to Colorado. That's also when we closed the construction company officially. We had, um, we really, really, at the end of 2010, made a very definitive break from all of that. And just at that point, and there was reason to, that our construction company was, the times had moved past are uh, what we offered inside of the construction company, and, and anybody that's been in small to medium-sized business will know that there's a massive ebb and flow to that. That's a whole different strategic conversation right. of what it looks like to run a corporation. You know, so I don't want to I don't want to bog anybody down in the ins and outs of what that looks like. But we shut both of those down officially at the end of 2010 and came back to Colorado. My husband was turning 40, and I was in my. Um, pushing my mid thirties. And it was just this moment of, wow, what do we do now? We've got five children, ages two to 12. Um, and all we had ever known was our own business and being our own bosses and being creative and, and seeing some, the possibility of something and going after it, what, what do we do now? And it was a tough time. That was a definitely a tough, uh, couple of transitional years where determining what it was we were going to do versus what we could do versus what would be the smart thing. And I decided, I asked my husband if he wanted to go to college first. And he said, no, it's not for him. Mm -hmm. He was not interested in going that route. He just, he was just going to work and provide, uh, you know, a paycheck for the the family. And then I decided to start taking up classes and, and just didn't know where I was going to go with it, but ended up with an accounting degree ended up allowing a business to start which was a start as a bookkeeping business uh organically and more more because I found a lot of women entrepreneurs that were solo entrepreneurs that I you know got to know that just didn't know anything about the bookkeeping process the importance of it and having been a part of the uh, construction business we had that part of it in ins and outs down pat so that was really my specialty there that's why it made sense strategically in my mind you know the the logical piece of, of building a business that made sense for the degree because I'll put experience and then I'll put paper behind it and you know, we'll just ride off into the sunset and we'll be smart. We'll be smart now. We'll stop being creative and hobbyists. We'll be mm-hmm. smart. It didn't work quite that way. But I did grow a small business in the accounting world and I hired a business coach, um, determined to do it the right way, treated as a business from the get-go instead of just, you know, easing into something like with one foot in, one foot out with the possibility of it being a hobby. I said, no, 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 I'm going to do this the right way. Again, trying to be very adult and very smart about this. Mm-hmm. Grew it to a very nice size. Um, It was. It became a multi six figure business without the intention of it being that. And I just did not want to grow that direction. I did not want to grow a firm. I didn't want to. It it was. I'm not not a ride off into the sunset type of gal. I really enjoy the creative process and the ability to do to do more. And I felt more that that was. I felt there was more possible from me. And not that that wasn't a a great business to build. You know, I'm sure there will be listeners that are in that field. It's a very, very, very good field. But there was a, a part of me that knew that there was still something missing. There was still something. I wasn't quite fulfilling everything. And yes, I could stop there. And financially speaking, it would have been extremely lucrative to do so. But that's not it. And I had yeah. done enough money over time, you know, created enough money opportunities, you know, had the salaries I wanted, or um, you know, built the opportunity to have the income that I desired through entrepreneurial ventures. Then I knew that money doesn't is not going to fulfill this desire to do what my calling is, what my purpose is. What is that? So I really had to step back. Um, in, in, in 2018, I gave my, uh, clients, my very, very dear clients, which there it was all me, not them. They were great clients. I didn't have trouble clients there. Um, but I gave them the, I let them know that I was, uh, not going to be renewing contracts, gave them about three month window. And so I'm not going to be renewing contracts. I'm moving in a different direction. And at that point I let. Go of my ability to create something, whether it felt like a hobby at first and became a business, or it was a business that I absolutely put my mind into and created as a business and didn't create it as a hobby. No matter which way I had done that, it was finally time for White to, to determine what specifically. I was meant to do. And so that brought me to, which I don't love the terminology and I don't love uh, assigning titles, but that brought me to the coaching world. And I, I will, I will go between business strategist, business coach, you know, a a consultant. There's many different uh, ways that we could dice this, but everybody has a little bit of a, um, an idea of what that means to them, and sometimes coaching's bad. Some, you know, they've had bad experiences with it, and I don't want to attach it to that. When when I work with people, it's strategically making sure that what they are creating, first and foremost, lies in the purpose that they're desiring. What is their heart actually attached to this, or is this because they feel like this is something that they can do? So it was it's the smart option to do it, and then also strategically making sure that it is a proper business you know the kpis the metrics financials all make sense and and they do tell us the history the path that we've walked you know so we can see them as long as we're allowing them to measure what we're doing it's a validation of you know if we're on the right track or not that's what the numbers are used for so then getting an idea of what that looks like and then making sure that the direction forward Is financially, financially stable, financially doable, you know, makes sense. We don't want to just go out there and just, you know, slap stuff together. That's not going to be able to be, um, you know, the time it takes to create something, the time it takes to um, build out, you know, so that's where I've come to at this point, but The main focus that most people don't understand that I know that they're missing that piece is the purpose side of it. So aligning that, making sure that that is truly what they want. And I don't soft soap it. I'm very kind about it, but I will ask the questions to make sure because ultimately when someone hires me or wants to work with me, that is what they're seeking. They're seeking something about what I've experienced somewhere, whether they know it or not, uh, that that, that has drawn them to who I am And how I show up, but I don't sugarcoat it. I just say, hey, let's make sure, let's leave no stone unturned.
0: That's a beautiful story, and I love that that what you said at at the end about the, it has to come, it has to come from your heart. If you're just doing it for the money or because it's the logical next step, you know, just because you got got a degree in accounting or whatever, you know, for our listeners, whatever they got the degree in, it doesn't mean that that's the way that we have to go. And then it's okay that we can use some of the, we can use all of those, all of the life experiences, all of our experiences in our studies and in life. And we can use those, but ultimately it's listening to your heart and, and the listening to the heart. And is this viable, is this worth your, your effort, your time and energy Mm -hmm. and money to go forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And I'll ask sometimes, sometimes. It doesn't always make sense with clients, you know, sometimes I'll ask the questions and it won't always make sense to them, but it's something that they need to test. It's, it's something that they need to. And so we know, but we have it out on the table that Yes, maybe this isn't the most immediate financial return on it, but I need to I need to try this. I need to right. see what this looks like, you know. So it's an internal calling that they feel compelled to test this. And so then we strategically look at, okay, so then how do we test this? What kind of bandwidth are we going to give ourselves, you know? What does this look like, and and how are we going to do it? There are times then I get down the road with somebody, and uh, working with a client, and in, in fact I have one right now that something is, you know, we're going through the motions of creating the thing that they want to add to their business. And the motions though, seem, you know, to me, I will, I will trust that this is what they want to do. I will ask questions. We will, we'll look at the path in front of us, we'll create the thing. But the problem is that after a while, if there's a nagging, uh, a little nagging something that I can't quite see what it is, but it's not a hundred percent on we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to say, uh, there is something missing here. We need Mm -hmm. to dive a little bit further because Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is you feeling, you know, this is you showing up doing the things, the next steps that are meant to be done, even though passionately you love this, but, but something is missing. What are we not seeing? Because then that's what sets up unique businesses with our expertise and being able to bring so much to the table instead of of running with just half of ourselves, which is the human side of us, the intellect side of us, Mm -hmm. and disregarding the spiritual side of us, like you had mentioned earlier, there is a spiritual side of us that we can, and that's the one that seeks purpose. We cannot disregard that side of it for the intellectual and so when I feel that coming around, just like, you know what, you're doing all the things you're, you're, you know, a great student, a great client. If I give you a task, you're going to run with it, but I'm feeling like you're only running with it because it's the only thing that you can see inside of there. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. that that's hundred percent exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes that step becoming aware of what they should be doing, what part of the purpose is that is a big faith step. And it's not always an immediate switch to what their purpose is, but opening that door to saying, this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And then moving that transition, because of course we want to be business sound with it, but at the same time, what does that look like? What does that mean?
0: Yeah, that's well, and it sounds like with your, with all of your experience and all your huge range of businesses, they're, they're all completely different right? (laughs) That you have so much to offer in the way of, in in your kind of, you know, your, your, the way that you got to what you're doing now and what, and where your heart is. Um, So tell us a little bit about
1: FemNation. FemNation is really my passion project. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love Love Fem Nation and Fem is an acronym. I am a big acronym person, so anytime I do that, all my clients in accounting, their their business names became acronyms internally, and you know, I mean, it just it, it it's so it's so fun for me to do it that way. Fem stands for Female Entrepreneur Movement, and in this process of going when we came back to Colorado ten years ago, and I started going into um and started my college time frame, and then that bookkeeping business. So organically people were, you know, women predominantly, solopreneur women were just like, well, can you help me with this? I don't know anything about it. Because of that, that was really the start of Femnation. I just didn't have a title to it or a name for it yet. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of 2019, I've always, I've always wanted to write and I do write now. Um, but in 2019, I was not staying consistent with my long form content. So this is the, this is the strategic side of it, which will make sense to the, the passion side of of why I created that. But I had two mentors that I was on a call with, a husband and wife team. And they asked me, what is your long form content? You need to, you know, strategically, you need to have long form content out there. And I said, love to write. I just am not consistent with it. And they said, what about a podcast? Said, oh, no, 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 no. No, we are not doing that. I'm not taking up a new thing to learn because I know myself, I'm going to say, yes, let's go do this. And I go all in all the way down it. And three months later I'll emerge from there being like, wow. Okay. So now I knew, now I know how to do a podcast. What do I do with it? You know? So I thought, Nope, no, 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 that's not it. And he was like, well, just hear me out on this. What if we helped you figure out how to have an editing team from the get-go, take that off your plate. You're not having to learn a new thing. You just do the pieces of it and then have the editing team do it for you. And I said, mm, All right. I'll have the conversation. And as we were talking, you know, we were talking about brandability. We were talking about, you know, uh, where I was with, you know, working with women entrepreneurs specifically at that period of time. And um, I told him, you know, I've got this name Fem. I want to do, you know, like maybe Fem School or, you know, Fem Membership. I'm, I'm giving light, you know, like that's not what I called anything. But I was just like, I could see brandability going through. That was again a strategic piece. It made mm-hmm. sense and wiped his brain. And so I thought, <laughs> okay, Fem, Fem, that sounds good. Okay, I'm brandability. It's not taken out there. Um, it's powerful. It's a movement. I'm doing all of the thing, checking all the boxes as I'm supposed to do in order to have something that made sense because it felt connected for the first time to my creativity and my passion. But I, it was not, it was not a financial thought process. I I wasn't going into it with that. So I said, yeah, I've got this name Fim Nation. I don't know if it's for a group, a Facebook group or what. And he's, he looks at me, he's like, why did that's the name of your podcast? Mm. I was like, Oh, you're right. And that was in July. And I had come up with the name Fem Nation in February. I just didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where was I going to put it, but I allowed myself not to overthink what needed to be done with that. But I had a group of women that were already, you know, my female entrepreneurs, I had, you know, had already been circulating with them. I had already started doing a uh, local in-person business, strategic business of, um, meetings once a month I would do that and then we'd have uh, once a month I did a social hour once a month I did a business meeting so it was like a lunch and learn and then I did a social hour as well on an evening after that for women entrepreneurs to network and and so I had all of that the female entrepreneur movement stuff so he said nope that's in the podcast and I was like you are absolutely right okay I'll have a conversation with your editing team From there, we went straight to, I mean, everything just went into place. And this was something again, that I did not put together and set up in my mind to be strategic. And it fell in place. And I, it just, it went, it was, it flowed. It felt natural to me. I wasn't forcing anything. I didn't try to make it be something. I just allowed it to be the the mission at hand. And I, uh, we went live with with eight episodes, and I think I had a bank of probably fifteen um, in September of 2019, and that's where Fem Nation, the podcast, was born.
0: It's a fantastic podcast. So, <laughs> and I wait, Dev, tell me the um, when you do the uh, it's a hot seat, isn't it? You do a hot seat. Yes. I I love those hot seats because they are actual women who are, that you're, that you're coaching through problems. And I, I get, I love that, like that, that where you can see it, where, where it, and so your listeners like me can, can actually, they can find themselves in
1: the story or in the problem, right? I, I love that.
0: That's, it's, it's brilliant.
1: We do, uh, when I do the hot seats, they're completely anonymous, you know? So the purpose of the hot seat is to tackle the hurdle at hand, but the rest of the rest of the podcast uh, guest interviews so that we can share, you know, uh, women entrepreneur journeys, no matter what they look like, no matter how many pivots, how many, you know, how stuck they've been, where they are at in the world, what business they've created. Nothing is off limits as far as an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur's journey, because I also found that in the, in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. We as women are usually dueling uh, roles somewhere somehow, and we lose sight of the fact that we have ma- built some measure of success. You know, I never considered that my farm was even a success until I looked back and I thought, oh, that actually was, not just in the financial terms. But in what I learned and what I brought to the table and the experience that I was able to provide myself and my children, you know, I mean, there's so many things. I was like, I didn't even, I, didn't, I never sat down and gave myself the moment to think of it that way right. when I was in it, you know, and same with the the consignment kids consignment retail store. I enjoyed that. I had a lady come out and paint. Um, seasonal scenes on the windows that were fun and you would drive by and see and automatically kids would be like, Oh, what is that? You know? And Mm. it was fun and it was creative. And I loved, I loved that, but I never sat back and thought this is neat because I was constantly moving the business venture forward in my mind. And then in the process disconnecting, you know, so I wanted in, in FemNation, I wanted to give women the opportunity, women entrepreneurs, specifically the opportunity to sit down and, tell their expertise, tell mm-hmm. their journey, tell their, you know, what they've learned and see the measures of success and honor the measures of success so that other women can hear the stories and know that it is possible to do what you desire to do. Not that, not that we don't go down the wrong road. Sometimes a lot of right. pivot stories right. inside of there as well, Exactly. but building something where are we in honoring the success? Because we often are continuously moving forward and continuously, you know, contributing to our immediate, our immediate household or our loved ones, or you know, we get off of a, a work call or a business call and we go right into making lunch. Or, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that we do a purpose inside of this that we need to honor those as well. And so Fim Nation is not an income generator for me. I made a vow to my listeners from the get-go, not that it mattered so much, but I publicly declared it that I would not have any sponsored spots inside of the interviews, the public guest interviews themselves, just because the platform, that, that moment, that time specifically, I wanted to give to the women entrepreneurs. That was what my heart wanted to do. And it went against all ounces of logic in my head. And that's why I said, that's why I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, perfect. It. <laughs> no logic. Now we do right. need logic, but
0: not always. We can listen yeah. to the heart. And yeah. you've done this beautifully. I mean, your 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 guests, your interviews, your um, yeah, I love your podcast. And thank you. Now, do you work with with women who are just starting in business, or or do you work with with women who are already in business?
1: Both. And the reason I'm going to say both is because I provide opportunities for now, this is strategically, uh, strategically answering this uh, and in a heart driven sense, I spend some time with this because I wanted to do it the right way. And so I did dual purpose both sides of this. Um, But strategically, what I found is that a lot of early stage entrepreneur women who are just getting into something, some business, need the tools and they need the the, um, ability to see that they could just take the next step strategically in a very small digestible manner. So most of the opportunities to work with me are on more of a lower ticket consumable uh, digital space. I do offer, you know, uh, various uh, uh, varying ways to do that, but on a, on a different side of the spectrum, my one-to-ones tend to be, you know, where I'm just specifically working with that client tend to be businesses that are already existing, or at least have have put some time behind determining what it is that is or isn't working. They just can't see it, and they just need the guidance from someone. Uh, so the one-to-one side of it on that side of the ladder is more established businesses, but I'll do the group side. I'll do the, the courses. I'll do the small pieces that are steps for right. uh, early-stage entrepreneurial w- uh, women who I don't want to inundate and overwhelm with all the things that they need to start thinking about because then that can, that can just totally deflate the whole process and that's not what I want to do. But I also recognize in the industry, in the digital product industry, that we are sold high ticket, we are sold big group stuff, and we are sold a lot of opportunity of just do this and it will net this. It doesn't work that way, but that's why I went countercultural to it and said, here's something smaller. This will get you results. This is how you move forward in this particular step. So without going into the nuances of ideal client avatar and where they're at in their business and all those things, which aren't necessary for this at the moment, that's why I built my business as it is to to do the one-to-one stuff very specifically because we have to have some measurable data in order to know what we're doing and what we're pivoting to and where we're going but that's usually where the high ticket you know my my one-to-ones which is a higher uh, investment and then but there's plenty of opportunity i could not could not could not focus on one without having the other because i want everyone at any stage of their entrepreneurial journey and any income bracket to be able to have access to some of my knowledge or my teachability somewhere. I couldn't just do it where I focused on one or the other. I just, I wanted to have it to where it's open for everyone. Right. I love that. And
0: I sure do wish that I had had your guidance. Um, I've had also had two businesses. I had a, I, I was a, um, I had a, a wholesale jewelry company back mm. in, in the early uh, in 1999, in 99 is when I opened it and it was fun and it was fantastic. And I was the designer and, and I did it for seven years and it was hard, <laughs> it mm-hmm. was hard. But like you said earlier, when you look up, look back on the business, you know, when I, when I decided to, to, to close the doors. It, it, kind of felt like a, like a failure, but it wasn't a failure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it didn't, it didn't do what, but ultimately it wasn't my, it wasn't my right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't, that was not, that was not the path that I was meant to be on to have that uh, somebody at the beginning and in the middle. And as you're progressing through your business to stand by you and to help mm-hmm. you with strategy and are you on the right track? Mm-hmm. Invaluable. So you can help our listeners no matter where they are in their entrepreneurial uh, journey. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So White Dove, this has been an amazing interview. This has been so much fun. You are just a wealth of knowledge and and, and excitement about what you do and and the possibilities. Foundation is just brilliant, I think. Um, (laughs) So how can our listeners connect with you?
1: Simply two ways. I, I am all about uh, simplicity at this stage of my life. And so you can go to whiteof-gannon.com and that's my website. And you can always send a message through the website or email me directly from the website. That always works. Or my favorite place is to just connect on social media. Facebook uh, is my jam and I answer every single messenger message. I get random people. I get, um, uh, amazing people that we've never met in, in life that have heard one of the podcasts or heard um, a podcast that I was on to truly reach out and connect to me and not feel like you have to have a reason. I love that. I love the organic living part of building a business as well. So those are the two ways really on messenger and um, on my, on my website, but I answer everything. I don't have somebody else answering it for me. So Very you get
0: Yes. Yes, Okay. Absolutely. And thank you again. This has been fantastic. Let's, uh, let's, I'd love to do this again another time and (laughs) have, and have a, you know, we can, we can do a, a, a different kind of a focus, but anyway, it's been fantastic to have you. And, and again, remember that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now. And thanks for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, head on over to visiondrivenmom.com and download your copy of The Overwhelm Cure, a mom's guide to work-life harmony. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.